This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Well, praise the Lord. Open your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Psalms, chapter number 84. I'm going to bring you a message tonight called Shout, the Soundtrack of Life. Not a real creative topic there or title there, but I believe that this is going to speak to you. Psalms 84. Somebody said, are you going to get carried away tonight like you have the last couple weeks? I didn't intend to get carried away any of those times either. But I promise you, I will give this message my best. You ever have a day that every time you turn around, it feels like somebody's running you through a meat grinder? That's where I am right now. And I promise you, my day will not hinder this message. But I've had that kind of a day. Psalms 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty, my soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young, a place near your altar, O Lord Almighty, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. And then the scripture tells us to pause and consider that for a moment. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. I'll just go ahead and tell you that, who are not looking at this place as their home. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, O Lord God Almighty, and listen to me, O God of Jacob. Look upon our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Better is one day. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of of my God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing. No good thing. What was that? No good thing does he withhold from those who walk, whose walk is blameless. O Lord Almighty, blessed is the man who trusts in you. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. Just hearing your words, just about enough, Father. Thank you that your word is enough, and your word is life, and your word is strength. And you are our victory and our hope and our joy and our ever-present help in our day of trouble. Who is likened unto our God? There is none, Father. Tonight I pray that you'll speak to us. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Well, tonight, keep your Bibles open there to Psalms 84 if you still have them open. Uh, let's just go through it kind of some verses at a time. Uh, I want to talk with you about making worship a part of who you are. Verse number one very clearly says, How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. Now, now when you think of the, the dwelling place, I, I, I want you to think of house, okay? So if we were to translate this into modern English, it could actually say, how awesome is your house, O God? Lord, your house is awesome. Lord, I love coming over to see you. Have you ever been invited over to somebody's house and, and you're just blown away when you get there? And they're like, oh, that's awesome. It's just, it's just cool, or maybe it's somebody you look up to, and they invite you to their home, and they've got like, the, I mean, the coolest things, or you go away, I, I'll go see some friends sometimes, and I go away, I, I just want to be a better person after I hang around them, because I, I see how they live. I see where they are. You see, sometimes when you invite someone over to your house, uh, you're going to give them another view of who you are. And I want you to understand this tonight, God has invited us into his house. We are invited in. I, I want you to get that. I, I, I don't mean to sound old school or anything like that, but I want you to get what I've come to tell you tonight, that, that God has invited us into his house. We, we are not some house that is made with, 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 with hands, but we are the house of the living God, the, the temple of God. We are, we are his, his workmanship, and he has invited us into his house to get to know him better. God has invited us into relationship with him. I mean, that's what God's talking about. This is what this verse is saying. God, I got to come to where you are, and it's good. I mean, may, maybe there's no one here who understands what I'm talking about, but I think, I think that, that most of you have a grasp of this, that, that there is something special about when you get intimate time with someone, and God is saying, come on into my house. Come. Uh, God didn't bolt the doors. God opened the doors. He kicked them open with grace and said, I don't care where you've been, what you've done, what houses you've been in, now you're welcome to come to God's house. And that's where we get to this place that we can say, oh God, your house is awesome. Because when I come in, I experience things that I never dreamed I would experience, God. Maybe I'm just excited about this, but you see, there's something special about someone inviting you into your house, into their world, because their home is the, the most intimate place and space. It's where they express themselves. When you go to someone's house, it takes relationship to another level. Maybe, maybe, maybe uh, is it just me or, or do you understand what I'm saying? When somebody says, come into my house, you can see where they like to sit. Every time, every time I'm in a shop, Ron, you, you, every time I'm in a shop and I see a big, uh, beautiful boat, I always think I ought to buy that for Ron because I've been to Ron's house and he's got these big, beautiful boats in his home. I thought, where would he put another one? But I always think about that because I know that about him. Are, are you with me? When you go to someone's house, you begin to know them intimately. And, and then it even goes further. It's sort of like my home. The first time you're there, I'll, I'll get up and go get your stuff for you. But the second time, I'll lead you to get your own stuff. And the third time, you better take care of yourself. There's one thing to be invited to somebody's house. It's another thing to have refrigerator rights. Come on now. It's another thing. If I were to knock at my grandparents' door when they were living, if I were to knock at the door, they would have been insulted because when you came to the door, you heard them say, by the time you got to the door, come on in, honey. 
Why? Because I had rights to the house. Are you understanding where I'm heading with this? We have been invited into the house of the living God, and we have been given rights to the house. We can boldly approach the throne of God, declaring how lovely, how awesome is God's house. But Pastor Don, you don't understand how reprobate I am. No, you don't understand how good he is. He kicks open the door and he says, I know you've been somewhere you shouldn't have been. Dust yourself off, walk through the grace of God, and get in the house. Amen. You see, God's not building barriers. He's tearing them down and inviting you in. You're invited to the Lord's house. How awesome is the Lord's house? How awesome. I'll just declare it again. Father, thank you for your house. Come on, worship with me for just a moment. Father, thank you for your house. Thank you, God. As I was worshiping Sunday morning, I watched some people take a step in the house. It was like they began to, to, to not melt physically, but like they just, you know, you ever been around, like when somebody falls in love, they just melt. It was like I could see people just melt in the presence of God. You get in the house. See, that's why you understand verse number two. My soul yearns even faints for the courts of the Lord. You see, I've been to his house. I've tasted the Lord. I've seen that he is good. And there's a longing. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. When we say that, that word, my soul yearns, that's the same word that's used in Psalms 42 and 1 when it says, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul pants for you, O God. There's something on the inside of me that has been to your house. I cannot be satisfied with the things of this world. I, I, when I, when I, I'm on the road and, 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 and Christina was with me this last time I went. She knows I, when I'm flying, I don't eat. Matter of fact, the stewards will say, sir, don't you want a meal? You've not eaten in 12 hours. And I'm like, the only thing I want you to do is get that away from me. I, I get sick of road food. I get sick of restaurant foods. When I, all I, can I just be real? All I want, some of you will understand, all I want is a bowl, some cornbread, and some milk. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I want something you can only get at home. You go to a restaurant and order that, they're going to think you're crazy. Throw some pinto beans beside it and we're in the South. Come on now. Amen. I want something that you can cook at home because I want what you can get in the house. If we would learn to worship our way into the house of God, we could not be satisfied with the trinkets and the, and the sin and the junk and the stuff that comes packaged up by the devil. We would know what good tastes like. I have been into your house and my something got a hold. Am I making sense to anybody? Something has got a hold of me. I can't stay out. I can't be satisfied with just popping something in and making myself feel better. You know what? I've got to have a meal. I've got to have a little bit of grace. I've got to have a little bit of the presence of God. I've got to have some word and I need the Holy Ghost. I need to get into your house, Jesus. Amen. So I guess the question is, do you have a hunger for God? Have you been to his house and are you hungrier for God? It's sort of like when I come home in one of those moods, I hadn't eaten anything really good in days and, and you go to the cabinets and you throw them open and, 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 it, and they're full. 
And you go to the refrigerator and you throw it open and it's full. And I walk around for a minute and I, I slam them three times. Do we not have any food in this house? Anybody know what I'm talking about? What am I really saying? I'm hungry. I need something prepared. I need, I need a meal ready. And my wife, she'll cook me anything I want. All I have to do is call and say, hey, baby, I'm on the way home, and would you prepare this? And, and if she's not at work or whatever, she'll have it ready. I get that. But, but what I'm really saying is a Pop-Tart's not going to do. My favorite dinner is cereal. But when you've been gone for 14 days in a country that don't know how to cook, come on now, amen. You want something dear to your heart. You want something that satisfies you in the very core of your being because you want to feel like you're home. Well, I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. I'm trying to preach you a message out of the book of Psalms to stir up worship in you because some of you have feel like you've been on a journey for far too long and God's Spirit is beckoning you home to come into His house and to see what He's prepared for you. He's always ready for you to show up. Sort of, y'all have to excuse me, but I just felt like this was a good illustration. It's sort of like Girl Scout cookies. Thin mints. How can I get an amen? Somebody says, do you want one? I thought they meant, do you want a sleeve? One sleeve. Come on now. You, you can't eat just one thin mint. You try to stop at one sleeve of thin mints. I got some Christians in this house. Come on now. Why? Because when you get started on it, you get, it, 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 it's a, there's a something to it. There's a, there's substance that, that there's something in it that, that, that becomes, uh, for lack of a better word, enticing. I gotta have another one. I gotta, cause this side of the mouth has to feel as good as this side of the mouth. Come on now. Could it be that what you're missing in your spiritual life is you've not had that kind of hunger to say, I can't just stop with feeling your tingles on my skin. I've got to have a river of life bubbling up on the inside of me. I've got to have something coming out of me. I, I, I've got to have more. See, the idea of yearning means there's a pain, a, a hunger pain. There's a drive that I can't get enough of God. And the more you get, the more you want. I want you to hear me. If you stay hungry for God, there is nothing that God cannot do in you and through you. Because when you're hungry for God, you get out of the way and God gets going. And as God gets going, all the glory goes where it's supposed to. See, God begins to move in your life. If you stay hungry, then you're going to keep pressing in and you're going to keep pressing on. I'm going to show you the front door to God's house. Are you ready for this? Verse number three. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young. Where shall my home be, Lord? Where, where, how shall I get into your house? Where shall I camp out? A place near your altar. A place near your altar, Lord Almighty, my King and my God. 
I got notes here, but let me just back up for a moment. You see, I know that Sundays we we those first two particularly we we you know we uh, what what you saw those some of you were like wow the place was full Sunday that's not that abnormal of a third service. And imagine two more that combined together would be bigger than that. And I know that things are moving and I, I know all that. But look, guys, I love, I love when people feel the need to come down here and begin to worship. There's something about the church that the modern church has lost. When I, when I was a boy, they used to refer to it, and, and I, I, I'm not looking for what was. I just want what worked then that will work now to come back around because somebody needs to know this term, and it was called getting hold of the horns of the altar. What that means is I'm going to find the presence of God at an altar. I'm going to go somewhere where lives have been changed. I, I stood right here, laid hands on somebody, and they've been healed of cancer. I prophesied to people. I've seen God move and deliver people for over 15 years in this altar. This is a sacred space. Now look, someday this will be turned over to our young people, and, and I pray that it's still sacred space for them. And we're going to have another altar, but we're going to have to consecrate that altar with tears. But there's altars, time that has been spent here. I'm not trying to say you can't touch God wherever you are, but sometimes you need to consecrate a place in your life, whether in your home or in this church, that you get to an altar. Oh, but Pastor Don, I am the temple of the Holy Ghost. Yes, you are the temple of the Holy Ghost, but sometimes you need to get your temple up off of its tail and get down to where you know God's moving and correct the atmosphere in your life. Listen to me. Because the altar is a place where God does alterations. Pastor Don, you don't know what I'm carrying. Come to the altar. Leave it. At the, am I making sense to anybody tonight? Leave it at the altar. Pastor Don, I need a touch from God. What holds you back when somebody begins to move? Why aren't you moving with them? But I don't want everybody to think I'm always in the altar. You want them to think what they're really thinking about you? Come on now, amen. What they really need to see is somebody who's not ashamed. I'm reminded of the words of, of David of old. I can get a little more undignified than this. Why? Because I'm going to get a hold of God. And when you get a hold of God, he gets a hold of you. I guess I didn't behave tonight. He makes alterations at the altar. God alters our life. Some of you need a move of God. Pastor Don, I, I like the study of the Word. Good, you need to be involved with a group uh, of people of like mind as you seeking the Word, but you need to make sure there's somebody mature in the group too so they can find the truth. I'm not saying that God can't forgive you in your seat or change you in your seat because we've seen literally thousands of people give their lives to Christ, raising their hand in this church. But at the same time, I am telling you there needs to come a time when your faith takes a step. There's a place in my house. I don't know why this happens sometimes. Sometimes it's for some of you. But I get this sick feeling in my gut. Hey, it's just the weirdest thing to describe. I get a little restless. 
And I just get up and I go to my prayer closet, my, which is my office at home, and I, I have myself, you know what, this, this is hard. At home, I've got this comfy chair I can bury my head into. When I had hair, it messed it all up. And I pray in that chair. And I'll be praying. I'll never forget that time that sick feeling came over me while I was in India. It just, I, I, I thought I had sinned. I thought, I, I thought, Lord, what have I seen? What have I done? Have I had a bad thought today? Have I, have I treated someone wrong? Did I, uh, did I misrepresent a fact today? What's going on? Did I, did I, what's wrong? And I just got sick and, and I got down and I made myself an altar in, in my little uh, apartment they had me in in India. And I, I got down and I began to pray and I, I, Lord, I'm sorry for this. And I'm sorry. I was repenting for stuff that I did, I've never done. I just wanted that feeling gone. I started praying through my family and I, I started praying. I prayed my wife and my children and my dad. And about the time I got to my mom, something clicked in my spirit. And when it clicked in my spirit, I knew something was up and I began to intercede for my mom. And it wasn't too much longer after that. They came to my door, knocked on the door and in broken, broken English, they said, they said, pastor, pastor. And then all they could say was, Gwen. And I thought, are you saying Gwen? And that's, that's yes, Gwen. And Pastor Gwen had called, and, and I, need, I had no clue. All I knew was I needed an altar because at the time I was in the altar was the time my mom was in the doctor's office, and the doctor had missed something. And as the doctor had missed something, uh, uh, she began to hemorrhage internally. And, and as I began to intercede, that doctor said he went to touch the door, and he said the first time in like 20-something years of being a doctor, a voice spoke to him and said, you better go back and look one more time. And he went back and he looked one more time. And when he looked one more time, they were able to rush her into surgery and save her life. And I believe it's the power of getting to an altar and getting a hold of Jesus. It might be in a waiting room when everybody else says give up, but you find a place and you get a hold of God and God will begin to move for you. Pastor Don, my life won't change. Let God change who you are. Amen. I feel the Holy Ghost. His mercy and goodness will follow you all the days of your life. But there's something about the posture you put yourself in, the position you put yourself in, where God sees you humbling yourself before him. God, I don't know what you're going to do, but I'm going to pray through until there's some kind of a breakthrough. Might I feel the Holy Ghost? Would you worship him in this house for just a moment? Somebody you need to pray through to you get your breakthrough. And you'll find it in your father's house. I think many of us leave services and we might enjoy a message, but there's never closure. And I want you to hear what I'm about to say to you. I fear we as the church have educated people beyond their level of obedience. Are you hearing me? We tell people what they need to do and we send them on their way. But sometimes we need to open up these altars. We need to open up our time and say, God, we're going to get a hold of you. God, we're going to get a hold of you. God, God, I'm not going to leave until I know you've done something for me. Obedience. Come on now. Amen. amen. Let me have some prayer warriors. Come help me up here. Amen. If you could prayer warrior, come on, help me up here. Amen. Don't preach about it if you ain't going to live it. Come on. Hallelujah.
Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Father, as these begin to minister to my brother, I thank you for the power of the Holy Ghost. I thank you for the victory that comes through Christ. I thank you, Lord, that you are going to begin to do the alterations at this altar that are necessary for a radical breakthrough by the power of the Holy Spirit. Guys, I want you to pray over and keep praying with you. I want to teach the rest of you guys. They can keep ministering while we move forward now. Listen to me. We got to obey the Holy Spirit. We got to be willing to obey the Holy Spirit. But Pastor Don, what if it, what if it makes something different than the normal order? It, you know what? We need different than the normal order sometimes. Your normal order got you where you are. Not where this just came from. If you're going to change who you are, you're going to have to cut your order sometimes. Amen. You're going to have to change where you are. Verse 4. Blessed are those who dwell in your house and are ever praising you. And then we have that word, Selah, which means this. It means pause, like you saw me do. Instead of reading it, most some people read it, but you're, you're supposed to just stop. Why don't we do that in this service for just a moment? While they're ministering to Him, let's sailor for just a moment. Why don't you bow your heads? Begin to worship Him, but also begin to ask Him, Father, give me a hunger for the altar. Give me a hunger for Your house. Lord, don't let me have all the information and never have closure. I'm speaking to somebody. Somebody, you've repented to. You're tired of repenting. God's telling you it's, it's time for closure. It's time for victory. It's time for victory by the power of the Holy Ghost. Father, I worship you. I magnify you. I exalt you, O oh God. There's none higher than you. You are the Lord of glory, the King of kings, and the mighty one. Why should we find it strange to worship in a worship service? For thou, O Lord, art holy and just and righteous. Pastor Don, I need God to, to chase away whatever's chasing my mind. You need to run to an altar. Stop running from the devil and start running to God. Jesus. Holy is the Lord. Listen to what he said. He said, I, I'm going to make time to stop and think about this. Why? Because I am, here it is, ever praising you. Ever praising. I'm going to create an atmosphere of worship in my life that becomes the soundtrack of who I am. Oh, he changes your soundtrack. I've used this illustration so many times, but it's such a good one. You watch somebody get saved, and you'll know they're saved when they hit their finger with a, with a hammer. I'm telling you, before they're saved, all kinds of things come out of them. But I've watched them. They'll hit their finger with a hammer, and I'll say, glory to God, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Why? Because the soundtrack of their life has changed. You're not listening to that old vile anger that used to be, keep you running. How I many you know what a good, a good soundtrack will do for you? 
I realized what a good soundtrack would do. I was, I was down, I was driving to Florida some years ago, and as I was driving to Florida, I, may, I was in that part, some of you know what I'm talking about, where it seems like there's pine trees for 300 miles. You know what I'm talking about? I was just in the middle of that, and there was no stations, and I started flipping stations, and I was flipping stations. All of a sudden, I heard the eye of the tiger. Come on. Goodness. I was rocky all of a sudden. And as Rocky flowed through my veins, I looked down, and I have a nickname called Turtle because I like to drive the speed limit. I looked down, I was going like 90 or 95 miles an hour No, no, because I had the eye of the tiger. Come on, amen. I said, whoa. And I thought, there ain't nobody out here anyways. You know, but I was driving way too fast. I was moving along way too fast. Why? Because something about that soundtrack got inside of me. Think about your favorite movie for a moment. Maybe The Patriot or Braveheart or Princess Bride or whatever it is for you. Think about if you had to watch it on mute. Some of the things that make you cry might make you laugh because the sound is not there. The feeling is not there. That, 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 that building that comes up with that, that swirling of the soundtrack that makes you caught up in the moment. And he, let me just tell you, some of you have been serving God like a movie on mute. The soundtrack isn't there because you've not been worshiping. You've not been allowing the, my goodness, I feel the Holy Ghost in what I'm telling you. You've not been allowing the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to create a soundtrack of environment in your life. So that when I walked out this morning at five something in the morning, I walked outside, I looked up at the clouds and there wasn't hardly any around and suddenly I saw a star and another star and something rose up inside of me and I said the heavens are declaring the glory of the Lord and I began to worship him right there some of you are missing out because you've got your life on mute open up your mouth open up your heart and let the praise of God flow through who you are and watch and see if victory doesn't break through for you Somebody, I'm going to tell you, this wasn't in my message, but God just dropped it in my heart. Some of you are like the children of Israel and, and the Jericho walls need to fall and you've been walking around them and walking around them and walking around them for years in your life. The day had to come when they stopped walking and they started shouting. They lifted their voices and praised to God for what he was going to do. I don't know who you are, but God wants you to have a better soundtrack, not of defeat, not of despair, but of victory because you begin to praise God for what he's going to do because you've been to his house and you found hope. Amen. Amen. You see, we're missing the right soundtrack. Some of us need some epic praise to go with the epic things that God wants to do in our lives. We need it to build. You know, I'll tell you how I do that. We used to, it used to be much more difficult. How many remember that thing they used to call a cassette? Yeah. I remember you, you'd listen to a song and then you had to hit that button. Listen to it again. I'm going to tell on Pastor Danny for just a moment. I don't know if he's in here or not. But Pastor Danny, he'll put one song on and play it for a year. Or two. He just lets it get inside of who he is. I'll never forget one of the darkest seasons of my life. I'd go out to my car and I'd pop Psalms 3 in and I'd play it as loud as I could. And the staff would never know because I'd just get up and walk out and get in my car and just crank it up. 
For thou, O Lord, art a shield to me, the glory and the lifter of my head. Though I may be encamped round about by the enemy, you know what? He's not going to let you fail. For he is the one who delivers you. See, some of us are missing the game changer because we've not been to his house. This isn't in my notes, but it's what he just put in my spirit and picked up his song. That little guy on the back back there, and he's probably in flannel, he usually is. Paul, he'll start singing a song because he hears music when I don't even hear music. And he starts singing the song, and then he sings another song, but that song's stuck in my head for two days. I just sing it, or, or they'll sing one on Sunday morning, and I'll find myself singing it all week. Do you know what I'm talking about? Singing it all week long because it gets caught inside of who I am. I've been with my father's people. And I begin to worship him. And something gets caught inside of who we are. Some of you, if you're singing the wrong song, you might have been in the wrong house. You might be down at the sin house and you're singing the wrong songs. But I'm inviting you to the father's house. You know what songs he's singing? Love over you. And hope over you. And joy for you. And peace in your storm. And victory. We need to learn to sing victory in Jesus again. Heard an old story. Come on now. But a Savior came from glory. Hallelujah. My God is good. And He's faithful. And He's just. And He loves us. Just the way we are. Why don't you stand with me tonight? Let's just totally rework things. We have enough of the team in here to come quickly. The worship team to come quickly. Welcome to God's house. I never want... I walk... You know, you walk into Europe and you, and you walk into these cathedrals that... Can I tell that story? I walked into one and there was this hand, cut off hand, Saint so-and-so. And people were crying over this hand. They were praying to a dead hand for a miracle. Michael was there with me. Some of you may have seen it also. It's in uh, Budapest. And I walked in and I looked at that. And I know it's silly, but I want to go Old Testament and go rend my clothes and say, God is not here. But I can show you how to find him. One call of his name. And he comes rushing to you. One whisper of who he is. And his victory is yours. It's not something that we have to go through the rich. And there's nothing about a building that matters. But this is God's house. Where his people gather. To worship his holy name. Not to be entertained. Not to be amused. But to exalt the Lord together. So I say to you. Who will exalt the Lord with me? Come. And let us worship his name together. 
This is his altar. Who will bring the sacrifice of praise with me to this altar tonight to worship the king? That's about as the best attempt at what I feel right now I can give in an altar call. Who will come and worship the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together? Let us lift him up. You have a song in your heart? Come on, let's worship him together. In your house, Father. In your house, Father. We worship. today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 815, 930, and 11 a.m., where you will find real love now.